Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell, tell your, your story. story. So in these next three episodes, we're switching gears and we're looking more at cool concepts for a one-off for like one to two sessions in between your like preparation or you just need something to throw in just to give you time or, oh, hey, I don't feel like doing this long drawn out thing. So I'm just going to give them a little bit of a contract thing tonight. Kind of concept. So here's the game concept for this first one. Um, And again, it could just be one or two game sessions. So the hook is simply this. You have your ventures are hearing that this town has basically just kind of cut off all communication and maybe it is pivotal to your region for whatever reason. Like it, it has a mine and it produces all the iron and iron is drying up or it is um, harvest time. And it's one of the big bread baskets of your area. Right. So like um, there, you know, where's the wheat? Is anyone even collecting the wheat? Everybody we send there never comes back. We don't know what's going on, that sort of thing. Regardless, this town has some pretty key infrastructure resource for some reason you can choose and your players are being asked by, you know, if they have any kind of clout whatsoever, whatever official would need to give them that kind of clout. So if they're really well known, they might be asked by a king. If they're lesser well known, they might be asked by like the provisional, you know, the person that owns the province or maybe the county, or maybe it's just like you're, if you're really, really unknown, it could be basically somebody, the next town over is like, somebody should do something about this. And there's a reward or something for it. So you guys decide to go. So here's the deal. You guys go into the town and this is the weird part. So now think many of the old school Star Trek episodes or some like sci-fi horror episodes where you're finding basically people in the act of kind of like what you would consider to be almost everyday life, but they're all dead. Mm-hmm. And and then you really, if they start to notice, if they start making and really searching around, really trying to examine what's going on, they'll see like this person died of thirst, but they're literally holding onto the rope for the well, wow. like for the for the bucket for to the well. It's like what. Why didn't they just pull it up? This guy starved to death and he has a he but, has a basket of bread right in front of him. Yeah, maybe even one in his hand. Like mm-hmm. you know, there's like rotting bread in his hand and he's dead. And you're like, what is going on? And you know that the bread just started to rot because it's been enough time, not because it was rotting that, when he had it. It's just time. Yeah. You look at the decomposition of the guy and the decomposition of the bread, and you're like, this is about the same. This doesn't make any sense. So you see all these people that are just literally dead from starvation or hunger or thirst or whatever, and they have the means to fix it in their grasp, but not fixing it. And so if they start to explore, I kind of like the concept of a mine for this, but if you're going to use grain, um, make sure that there's some sort of like really cool kind of dungeon-esque grain cellar where they would hold the stuff instead of like in silos if you're doing like a fantasy kind of game, they would hold, they they maybe store it underground. Mm-hmm. Um, you can think ancient threshing floors where they put all the stuff on in there, and the wheat will separate itself out, um, and so all the kernels go underground, and all the other stuff blows away. Well, so if they start going underground to investigate, they'll see basically, and this is kind of your choice, but they'll see this horrific 
kind of vampire-esque thing literally devouring the corpses like that he's taken down there. And when you go to fight that said thing, then you make your characters roll a save for what makes sense. So if you're playing a D&D 5e campaign and your player wants to pull his sword or use his sword, then it's a strength check, okay? And I would make the first one like a 15 or a 10. It's something pretty simple, but no big deal. If they're lower levels, I'd make them like 5 or the, and then 10. But higher levels, I'd make it 15 to begin with. Medium levels make it a 10. So then what I would do is what the concept is around this monster is that they have, they don't attack anything. What they do is they stare intently at their, at the person. So they basically make eye contact with each of the people that they're doing. It doesn't matter if the person makes eye contact or is back with them, but they have to look at the thing's face. When they look at the thing's face, they're basically sucking out the will or the desire of the victim. And so what's going to happen is every action that your players want to do, they now need to make a corresponding save to in order to do it. So if they wish to pull their sword, that's a strength action. If they wish to pull their bow, that's a dex action. If they wish to run away or run up, that's a con action. If they want to use their magic, then their magic is used on whatever their magic normally uses. And they got to make a save on that. Now, so that means that... You know, wizard cast magic missile. That's fine. Make me a save. And at which point your rules lawyer is going to say something like, magic missile doesn't require save. And you go, yes, but the casting of magic missile in this case does. It's like, no, I can cast it whenever I want. Like, yeah, you can, but right now you may not want to. Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Yep, make me a roll. And if they fail the roll, which they will, you then eventually, like they Mm -hmm. make it the first volley off. When they fail the next roll, you then say to them, you have no desire to do that action. But that's your action. Your action is to do that, but now you have, for some reason, you just feel no desire to do it anymore. And this is why the people up in the town had food in their hand. They had they got the food in their hand, but they couldn't move it to their mouth to save themselves. They had no desire to eat. Uh, the woman has the has the bucket in hand with water, but she can't pour it into her mouth. She can't. They have no desire to. And so this thing is like an apathy demon or an mm-hmm. apathy vampire, whatever you want to call it. It's a brand new thing. Give it an amount of hit points that makes sense for your character. So like, and and I would say like, assume that this thing can only last maybe two, three rounds if everybody could do what they wanted to do. But in reality, they're not going to have that ability. And then, just so you know, I would put the, um, it, depending on the level, uh, I would make it either double a small, double a medium, or double a long range um, for that thing to be hit. So the concept being they can't just pelt it with arrows. And that's why I would like it down uh, in like a little dungeon-esque area. They can't just pelt the thing with arrows. Um, they could get out of its, they could get potentially out of its path and it's not going to follow them. So what would happen is if once they realize they can't do anything else, right, the fighter swung his sword and now he has no desire to swing his sword 
And he had returned. He can he can try to swing a sword and try to make it. But what I would do is, so let's say you start out at a ten, and then you roll your you roll your uh, strength roll to do it. Your your strength save. Cool. If you're playing D and D three five, do it like fort. Do your fort reflex and will, depending on what makes more sense. Fortitude for fighting, reflex for any kind of action moves, and then um, will for any kind of magic. And what I would do then is at that point is once they fail their roll the first time, you just keep the save at that. So let's say they made their 10 and then they do, they go, so they struck the beast and then they go to make another strike and they just, they failed it out of 15. But then the next round, they want to do it again and they make it, they roll an 18. Cool. So they do, they do strike the beast again the second time, but now the saves at 20. And now it's like, there's going to be a certain point where the only thing that actually gets through is nat 20s on their saves, which could be really a bad thing, um, depending on how they want to do this. So it's kind of a frustration like game more than anything else, but I kind of like the concept in general as a whole of, I've never seen anything that like sucks your will down, Mm -hmm. you know, now again, if you want to make it a little bit more dangerous, this thing could hit them, but you could make it so that it really can't do a lot of damage. Like maybe it has a shriek that it does. And it's like one D four minus one damage of just pure psychic damage because it's just not really from this planet. It doesn't know what it's doing. Like it got caught here and it just, it basically is just this apathy demon. And every once in a while it shrieks and it does some damage. It's not really the point of this isn't to like kill your party. The point of this is just to kind of give them this, sense of dread and horror yeah. how the vampire gets its prey is it gets it apathetic to the point where it just does it it's just more of it dies on its own or it it's so apathetic that the vampire can slowly try to kill it on its own because well, it's not going to do anything to it you could look at it like it's just a vulture uh-huh like it, it it yeah i mean it can be it can kill you sort of but it's really just waiting for you to die you know it's like yeah a vulture follows you around in the desert, not because it's going to kill you, but it, it wants, it's waiting for you to die so yeah. it can do something about it, you know? And the vulture would strike when you're close to death because you don't have the strength to yeah. do anything. Yeah, it's But easy. it's not going to strike it when you're in your prime. Yeah, it doesn't want to do that. So the vampire demon is not going to hurt you until you're getting close to death. Exactly. In terms of apathy. So this is just an original monster concept. I'm literally just calling it like the apathy vampire Hopefully it makes sense where the concept is just pick a base level will that makes sense where that your players can do probably 50% of the time. When they make it, up it by five. If they fail, leave it where it's at. If they make it again, then you up it by five. I mean, eventually the save's going to go so high that they can't do anything about it. And I would always say that on a nat 20, um, they can overcome the, the save no matter what it is. But again, you know, you rolling a nat 20 enough isn't really going to make that much bit of difference on this thing. So in reality, your players might flee. And that's why the effect is only is only there for double a certain length of space. And so you want to make sure that it's something that like if a wizard can cast fireball, he can't just cast fireball down the hole at the thing. He It's too far away for him to do that. Um, so once he starts losing his spell ability to cast spells, he can try to run away. And again, that triggers a test that triggers a will of some sort of save. Um, and if it's, if you really looking at it, like a save versus kind of death, like them just being stuck there, 
just give them the best save that they possibly can and let them run away and then let them figure out how they want to take this thing on from, you know, at range without the ability to really do much at range. It's really more of a thinking man's thing or they get lucky and they roll enough of the saves that can help them or they maybe figure it out and start switching up tactics. So it's also kind of like a mix of, you know, how did the Federation fight the Borg? And I don't want to deal with that. They were kind of, it was dumb. But the the concept of once you hit the Borg with a well, setting, it would well block it. Well, based, it's kind of this. Well, based on what you just said, on how you were thinking about it, the va- you have to look at the vampire in order to. So it's a lot, kind of like a lot like the Medusa. Well, it doesn't. No, no, no. It, it has to look at you. Has to look at you. So as long as you can hide yourself from it, yeah, you might have. You might. They might be smart enough to realize, like, well, if I just have a cloak that hides my face. Maybe that's enough, or maybe that's not enough. Maybe I got to go in with greater invisibility at high levels. You know what I mean? So that mm-hmm. we can actually do something and be invisible from it. Mm-hmm. You know, because you could rule that it's like it, it has to know it has a target. It doesn't have to see your face. It just has to know you exist for it to then target you with its apathy. It's kind of how I'd rule it. And it can it can tackle, you know, anybody it can see. It can hit. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not like one target around. It's like if I can see the party, I can yeah. hit them. Because 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 at that point, if you have a good rogue with uh, hide and stealth, he might just be able to do some ambush targets and just try to paint, get in, shoot it, right? Try to move a spot while it's still in decks. Because as long as that thing never acknowledges where it's getting hit from, it doesn't know what to lock onto. Right. If it can't see it, then mm-hmm. it can't hit it. So, I mean, there's all the sorts of ways around it. But I kind of like the concept. It's a quick one-off. You could run this now. How many hit points should you give it? As many as you feel like you don't need to kill the party. I mean, literally don't even have a hit point total in mind. Look at it like, okay, have I done enough to mentally scar my, my people for a night? Okay, that's cool. I guess it dies then. Um, or you can keep it going for several more rounds with, like, very minimal hit points, you know. Um, you could be a jerk and give it damage reduction. You could be a real big jerk and give it element protection. Um, give it spell resistance. And you could be a re- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the fun part is if, if they ask for knowledges on it, make them do a check. And if you, and li- literally any, anything they want to do, that's not voluntary. They like, so breathing, they don't need to make a check. Fighter needs to move a five foot square. That's make a, a roll. That's a roll. Yeah, he's got to make a check to see if he wants to move his feet over. Wizard, do you want to pull out your wand? That's a roll. Right. Or if they go, I'm going to move to flank. Okay, well, moving to flank, having the thought to move to flank is a problem. And then moving is a problem. So give me a give me an intelligence check to think about flanking. Oh, you failed that. Okay, where would you like to move to again? No, that's for flanking. You don't know how to do that. What? You're apathetic to flanking right now. You yeah, can try to move to it, but you're apathetic to flanking. Yeah, I, I won't give you points for flanking because you don't care about it. You're not actively threatening him. Once you once you get done fighting him, you literally put your sword on the ground. <laughs> what? Yep, you hit him, and then you just kind of put you put you basically put your sword back on, like almost on its hilt. Like you're you're not actively threatening him. You just hit him, and then you just kind of like totally drop your guard. Because keeping your guard up is an act of flanking, and that's that's not what you're doing. You don't care about that anymore. 
Mm-hmm. At least not now. You can you might be care about it next round. I don't know. You tell me. And it, it, it'd be a really fun concept to run is all I'm saying. So hopefully try it out. Let me know how it works. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to SkullRPG.com.